Uh, we're going to try and wrestle with that parable. It's the last one. So I ask you to wrestle with it uh, with me. On the face of it, at least, it is a parable about, about justice um, and how humans perceive justice and possibly um, what Jesus might ask us to consider justice is. It's amazing um, to me, just watching last night's 10 o'clock news, how much of the issues um, that we face in our world are connected with justice. Almost, almost. Well, you can also flick through your social media feed. Pretty much everything that you come across has got a connection, whether it's Black Lives Matter, whether it's Brexit, whether it's COVID. So at the heart of so many of our issues today is this idea of justice, what is fair and what is, is not fair. And I think it'd be fair to say, as we think about this, our experience with justice is a huge shaper for how human beings think about God. Uh, for lots of people, it, it, the idea of injustice means that they never get uh, they never get started. Uh, for others, it can be you know having lived a faithful life, it can be a huge cause for a wobble. For others, um, still it can add confidence to faith when they see um, justice being worked out. We because of um, because of what we are like as human beings, the idea of justice, we've got a really close connection with it to God. So it's important if you're on a journey to faith or you think, you know, you're trying to work this stuff out or if you're a Christian already to have a think about, about justice. And this parable, I think, gets us to think about justice because it's told in a really smart way. It gets us to, as all stories do, empathise and go into, you know, the, go into the character of the story. And it challenges us to think about justice what justice is. Um, essentially, if I was to give you a concise review of the parable, it's about somebody that's worked really hard. It's very, it's quite a simplistic parable. Lots of them are simplistic, aren't they? Somebody who's just works really hard, you know, had a, had a really hard day and then seen somebody come in right at the end um, and hardly done any work and then got the same same reward and he's sort of questioning whether that's fair or not and the two characters that came straight into my head bible characters as i as i first thought about this parable one, one was noah who lived this you know worked hard lived this long sort of faithful life incredible stories of faith and then right at the end if you've not read the end of the story of noah it's not in the sunday school lessons um have a look just um just really let's don't know. It seems too simplistic to say that he let himself down. He gets drunk and messes up. I'm not, you know, I'm not even going to go down the road, but messes up big time. And you think that just doesn't seem fair to live that life, and then that happened at the end. And the other guy that I was thinking of was um, the thief on the cross. Um, this guy who's lived, seems at least as far as we get to know, lived a pretty, you know, sinful life to use biblical language. To you know, lived a, a whole life of ill repute and all the rest of it and yet right at the end gets to you know gets to experience paradise that day if we if we believe the bible and, and what it says essentially this parable covers that sort of ground it gets us to think about what's fair and what's not fair and essentially it's about think of day laborers have the idea of day laborers in in your head now um you know I think we still have this sort of idea in the UK, grafters for hire, people that go and queue up um, ready for work. 
that's the that's the setting of this parable. So I think we still have those sorts of, yeah, I'm pretty sure that we we still have that idea in the UK, but it's definitely an idea all over the world that people will get up and just line themselves up um, for work. The Jewish working day starts at six and it finishes at six at night. That's the, the regular working day. Um, and a denarius is about a day's wage. So you've got this sto- this this story of this owner of the vineyard that goes along and he he first goes along right at the crack of dawn and he's out and he picks out people to work. Then he keeps going back. He goes back at nine, he goes back at 12 and he goes back at three and you get this picture of these, these people working. You know, it's like a sweatshop scenario. They're out in the sun and they're baking and working really hard. And then at the 11th hour, which is how some of the versions talk about five o'clock. And if you've, you know, you may be thinking, I've heard that phrase before. It, it finds its origin in this story, the 11th hour. Um, the owner comes back out again and he he grabs some more people. And then he tells, at the end of the working day, he tells the foreman, he said, right, go pay everybody and pay the last first. Kind of what happens is they pay, you know, the guy that's coming at the 11th hour, he gets a denarius. And you sort of, because it's a, because it's a well-written story, you can imagine everyone looking on thinking, oh, great. They're getting a denarius. What am I going to get? But they're all a bit miffed and they're all aggrieved. And because although he gets a denarius, everybody else gets a denarius. And the owner sort of resolves things or explains explains things rather by saying, you think I've been unfair, but I'm going to tell you, not only have I been fair, I've been generous. That's what he says. And our human reaction to that is, if this is the kingdom of heaven, because we've started all these parables by thinking about the idea that the kingdom of heaven is like this. Then it looks like the kingdom of heaven, on the face of it, certainly from my perspective, it looks like it's bad business management. You know, that's going to that's gonna spark off trouble. That's going to be, it's, it's hard to see. It feels unfair. Is that the kingdom of heaven? The parable gets us to consider a few things. I just want to share a few of the things that I think it starts to get us thinking about this story. So there's not many. So listen up. The first one that I think it gets us to think about, it challenges with with the idea um, that our view of justice is always shaped by our own personal circumstances. Our view of justice is always shaped by our own personal circumstances. And I guess that that makes us think, well, how how reliable is anyone's view of justice if that's if that, if that's right? It puts the idea in our head. The six the six o'clock starter who's worked all day and he's soaked in sweat sees the eleventh hour guy coming and he's thinking, well, justice must at least mean that I get more than that guy. That, that's what justice should be. He's, he's aggrieved. And I think, I think that when we, that when we absorb the parable, it really resonates with us, that idea. We, we've probably, we might have even, if we're of a certain generation, we've probably used uh, that expression, oh, here he comes. I say he because I've, I'm just thinking about the many times it's been put my my direction. Um, often when we would clean up the dishes, this is one time I remember my mum using it. She'd say something like, you know, 
my brother and sister would, you know, go, jump in and everything would clad up. You know, they'd all jump in and help out. And I'd come in at the 11th hour and my mum would say something like, oh, here he comes at the 11th hour. And that idea that it, that, that that rankles with us, that we feel on the face of it, that doesn't sit really well with us, does it? And it doesn't sit with us personally, I don't think. We have a bit of a grievance with it, but also collectively. Um, think about, imagine that there's a, and I know this sounds unlikely, there's a huge um, crisis, a pandemic, perhaps, that envelops the whole world. Redirects our focus and means that we send less foreign aid out. Or there is pressure to send less foreign aid out. Now, when you think about something like that, that it it feels like almost the right thing to do, doesn't it? That we continue to, you would have loads of people in the UK that would say, "Oh, we've got to look after our own first, Even though it sounds a bit unpalatable when you say it out loud, it's you know it's the reality of how human beings think often, and it resonates with us this idea of um, justice and the owner's actions in this parable cause the listener or the reader thousands of years later to think that there's more to consider that there's more factors to consider when you think about what justice is and what it isn't the my mind wanders a little bit and i shouldn't wander too far because it's a parable really just saying one thing but my my mind wanders onto what we but i think it's a story and it's 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 created to make our minds wonder a little bit and we think about um, the fact that this landowner has sees a bigger picture than the guy that's working the guy that's working there sees it really through his own eyes he re- he's got a really strong sense of justice given his personal circumstances but what the landowner does what the vineyard owner does makes us think that there's more perhaps to justice i don't know if he's looking at a bigger picture he's looking at the fact that everybody went and tried to get work everybody has got a need for work. My mind sort of went that direction. Justice is something that us in the 21st century really think that we know that we've got nailed down. We really, it's the kind of thing that we think that we've got to grips with. We know we've had however many years of democracy, we've had however many um, years of enlightenment. And we would look and we would say, both um, individually, we'd say we know what's right and wrong and what's just and what's not. And collectively, as a society, we'd say, well, we know what justice is. But when we look around, when we look around at the world, do we know what it is? Do we really know what, what justice is? Are we, have we got it? Or are we a bit like the, the worker in the vineyard? The second thing that I think the parable shows us is that we equate our worth to our works we equate our worth to our works so i think the parable i don't think it's saying this directly but it, it takes us down a road where we where we think about this idea that we equate our worth to our works the guy in the story thinks well i've done more i've actually done more than the 11th hour guy so i should get more i'm worth more that's that's the sort of logic Oh, that's his, you know, that's his logic. And I think this is another thing that, that resonates. This is another, <clears throat> maybe it's because it's the world that we live in, but this is definitely 
this is definitely how we we've come to think as human beings we could have let me give you an example we could have a day where our where we've 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 been pretty unproductive and we've been i remember having these days when i was a younger guy um, unproductive day reflecting on not earning a big whack of money not earning a big salary and i'd actually you get to the point yeah i'm not trying to portail too much here but you get to a point where you think that you are actually worth less than people uh, with more money than you it's not just that they've got more money than you it's that there there is something of them that's inherently better than you do you know that you know that idea there's a um there's a quote of a really good film i think it's a really good film jerry Maguire, where the character Rennie Zellweger plays gets on the plane and they're in second class and they look over at um, Tom Cruise, Jerry Maguire in first class and the mum whispers to the son, she, she says, it used, um, the son asks, you know, why are they sitting up front, something like that. And he says, it used, what does it mean? And uh, Rennie Zellweger says, it used to be that sitting up front was just a better meal, but now it means it's a better life. This resonates, doesn't it, this idea with us. The owner's actions in this in this parable cause the listener to consider there's more to our worth than what we've done. There's more to a person's worth. The owner clearly values everybody the same. And it causes the listener of the story to think about what that might mean. A person's worth, again, I would say is, is something that in the 21st century we, we would assert that we know. We, we, know um, we know the importance of a person's, person's worth. We, we've, you know, we've progressed as a society to really value individuals. And yet, as we look around, is that in evidence? Do we live like human beings who've really grasped what a person's worth is? I don't know. Third thing I think that it shows us is that the idea of total equality might be too lofty a concept for us to grasp. Total equality might be too lofty a concept for us to grasp. Uh, the owner explains that what's happened is not unfair. Can you see that in the text? It's not unfair, but fair. In verse 13, it sort of helps explain this a little bit in verse 13 he says not just it's not just fair generally it's actually fair technically i promised you a denarius and i'm i've given you a denarius it's fair technically but it's not just fair technically it's also fair holistically it's fair in every sense this is this is the other thing that the parable causes us to consider it's fair in every way the owner has taken into consideration things that the workers not even begin to think about. And not only is it that, not only is it fair, it's generous. But the workforce, the workforce, as you can see in the story, they, they just can't handle that. They can't deal with the reality of that level or that kind of fair. Grace is probably the Christian word that we would use. And I think that I think we can relate to that. We can relate to that as Christians, but we can relate to that as people as well. The idea that we're fine. So I'm going to put this to you. Tell me what you think. The idea that we're fine with a little bit of grace. 
if if the worker was to if the owner of the field rather was to just give the guy that came in at the 11th hour a bit more money showed him a little bit of grace then i think everybody here would have been fine and i think we too feel that we're like that's fine but when we are faced with and this is the power of the story when we're faced with the justice the grace that god brings that the owner brings it just blows our minds the idea of total equality is almost too lofty for us and it's really interesting i think because as humans we kind of know i think we get we get a real strong sense that total equality a flood of grace the kind of flood of grace that we see in this story would help the world out would fix things would point it in a new direction if we all shared out all the food food if we pooled resources if we paid fair prices for stuff if we distributed the vaccines equally if we did all that kind of stuff we know that grace that kind of grace would have a huge impact we sense it we sense we almost sense that that's how the world should be but we can't get there because we're governed by similar forces to the worker that went in at six o'clock our world is so much like the worker that went in at six o'clock our view of justice is heavily shaped by the worker that went in at six o'clock and it's like we need a story we need a moment that makes us reevaluate to think differently the british justice system is pretty good it's thorough it's transparent you might have objections to that but i think you know it, it stands up you know if you take it into consideration in the rest of the world it's a it's pretty good but ultimately there's some flaws in it it doesn't cover everyone it can't it can't sort of see everything it can't cover over everything and it never or it doesn't often it definitely doesn't always cause us to think about our part in the problem in fact it often causes us to look at the people that end up getting banged in jail and say yeah they're really rubbish but we are nothing to do with the idea of injustice what this this parable is what jesus does he causes you to stop he causes you to reconsider justice he causes you to see in an incredible way your own part of it he causes you to think again about about worth what people are worth he causes you to take a bigger view of what justice might be only i would say only jesus does this there's a story in the bible it's a really great story and the story of it doesn't sound like a great story from the title it's the story of the woman caught in adultery there's this situation where um people bring this woman who's caught in the in the act of adultery she's committed an in, injustice you would say and although you would say you would you would add on the level of injustice there is the fact that they just bring the woman that's also unjust isn't it when you think about it it takes two to tango we, we know all this sort of stuff so it's injustice upon upon injustice and then um the people that are around there grab hold of stones and they think that in stoning this woman they're acting unjustly and we've got this whole like mess of a situation this horrible mess of a situation and jesus jumps in and says these brilliant words let him without any sin cast the first stone and then nobody can cast a stone and justice is done and everybody 
everybody's caused to reflect on themselves. No, no other system brings this kind of justice. Everyone's caused to reflect on, on the worth of themselves, on their own lives, on the big story of justice. And all of a sudden what Jesus does causes people to look out. I think one event that does this better than anything else, and I bang on about this event with good reason, I think, it's the cross of Jesus. I think if you look at the story of the cross of Jesus, you see the the gravest, this is me putting this at you, you might think of unjust acts. I think this is the gravest injustice that the world has ever seen, will ever know. Take somebody who is who has not put a foot wrong and lived this selfless life and yet has that thrust upon him. And yet in this moment, even even in the very moment of it happening, Jesus, as God sends him, considers the whole. What does he say when he's on the cross? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He thinks of the very people, the crowd. He's thinking of the crowd while he's on the cross getting crucified. This action brings justice, favourable, loving justice to the whole of humanity, to the whole of that crowd. Not only does it do that, but it causes the biggest, I would say, I would present to you, it's certainly if, you, if you're not a follower of Jesus, if there's something you've not thought about, it causes the biggest internal investigation that the human race has ever, has ever known. It's caused thousands and millions of people to have a look at themselves inside the story of injustice. It's challenged people's assumption about what is just. And the other thing that it's done, the brilliant thing that it's done, and the thing that ties it together, hopefully, with this parable, is that this cross shows us that God's justice, that we often look up and sort of question and think through, and we look up, look at his world and look at him, the cross shows us that this justice is generous. When we see the cross, we hear the words at the end of this parable. You thought, says the landowner, you thought I was being unfair, but actually I'm being more than fair. I'm being generous. God's justice, no matter what we think of him, no matter what wrestling matches we have with faith, this story of the cross reminds us that this is a generous story. This is what Jesus does. This is what his work in us does. It causes us to stop. It causes us to remember that somebody's looking over all this, seeing things in a way that we could never see it. A huge big picture of justice. It causes us to look at ourselves as part of the problem. And, and as we do that, we remember that we are generously treated. And that Remembering that, knowing that we are generously treated, changes how we can cope with everything, I think I would suggest to you. It, this story saves us. This cross, if you're, if you're looking on and wondering what the cross is all about, this is how it saves us. It saves us in this way. We, we could easily be, just think about how it, how it helps us. We could easily be people who are, and maybe think about how this is, if this works out for you, our need to earn the pressure and the world that we live in, our need to earn can make us monsters, can't it? The, the pressure that's on 
people in households under this COVID nightmare, the pressure that's on us to earn, it's like ruinous, isn't it? The, the way that it makes us, the way that we need to work and we need to sort of climb the ladder, it, the, the parts of our personality that it brings out, the impact it has on our lives, the nature of the world in that sense, it can be really ruinous and, and, it, and it can skew our view of, of worth, what really matters. Doesn't it do that? And we, we end up living lives and we, we mourn about it. We say, I don't, when we get on holiday, we say, I don't really want to live like this. But we do. We live, we live lives that are just insanely busy and insanely work-oriented because it's the, kind of the way that the world is. And it's kind of what we've got to do, but at the same time, it can skew us and it can really leave us in a rubbish place. And Jesus says to us through his cross, how much more valuable is your soul? What does it profit somebody to, to gain everything and lose his own soul? When our hard works lead us to, you know, hard works, thinking about Christians who, this is a real challenge for me. We've, some of us have been Christians for a long time and it's so easy to become proud and look back and it's so easy to go down that road. It's so easy to, to, to look at the works that you've done and then struggle. And I think the parable hits at this. Struggle to see other people getting the same rewards as us. Jesus' cross means that we look at ourselves first and realise that what we've got, we don't deserve. We realise that what we've got is generous and it's a gift and it's the only thing I would suggest that can change how we look at other people and other people's circumstances and stop us affect our pride in that way why is it good that his kingdom comes because there's justice that we never thought possible out there and we're being changed to see it and in its fullest sense and this is the, I guess the story of the kingdom in its fullest sense this is heaven but as we live in Jesus, as we are changed uh, by that story of the cross, we get to experience some of it now as we cling to it as a hope. Quick challenge for the searcher as I finish. And I'm sorry that I've we've got a remit to be 20 minutes and I've clearly blown that this week. I hope you've stayed with it. Challenge, challenge to somebody who's, maybe you're on a faith journey or you're not sure where you are with faith and that kind of things. Do you look around you and see a world that's fair? Do you think do you think the world should be fair? Do you think we're getting it right? Do you think we're making it fairer or do you think we could use the kind of help that this parable the kind of insight that this parable gives us? Do you think we could use a story that causes us to look at ourselves? Do you think we could use a use a a judge who sits over all things and sees things that we don't? A challenge to Christians, I think. And it's a huge challenge because what we see in this story is that God's kingdom welcomes in people at the 11th hour, which means that like me, if somebody like me gets to go into the kingdom, somebody who wanders in at the last minute to help his mum and dad with the dishes and thinks that that's fine. And everybody else that's been doing the dishes all that whack of time is grieved it tells us that the kingdom, I think, is going to be a little bit like that because we have to face up to the fact that this grace is like a flood. This grace that we see on the cross screams out, pours out 
and it reaches everyone. So it reaches people that we're going to look at like the workers in the vineyard and think they've only been here two minutes or they didn't really want work in the first place or they didn't deserve work. Do you get stuck in that rut as a Christian? Do you get, do you get that mindset? It's easy, isn't it, to look at others and think they're not really living it. They're not really, <clears throat> they don't believe it like I believe it. I bet you say that, I say that. We say that, that don't we, as Christians? Ah, do they really? And yet, this grace, this parable shows us that this love, God's justice, it's not conditional like our justice is. It's not, it's not bound up. It's so hard to be unconditional, is it? Even in the most blessed marriage, to be wholly unconditional. And yet, this parable reminds us that this story that we're connected to, that we have a part in, is unconditional grace. It's going to stretch us as Christians. All right, everyone. Um, we're going to go straight into chat um, because because I rambled on a bit longer than was um, then. Then we've then we've then we've said we're going to try and do, isn't it, Paul? Anyway, I've certain, I don't know what it was, but it was longer than I said it was going to try and do, and it is really helpful. Yeah, well, so thanks if you've listened and got to the end. Bless you. Thank you for, as I said at the start, stick with it. It is good to, even when I go on, I still think there's merit in uh, in God's word. So hang on mm. and thank you for hanging on with that. Um, so thanks for joining, Paul. Um, no, that's great uh, to be here. No, cool. Thanks for joining. It's really, um, when you think about, I don't know how you've gotten on with this parable in the past, but it does, when you read it, you do have, and I don't know if this is just because I, working class background and stuff but you do I resonate I immediately pull to the guy who's had the long hard working day and it does seem you do I I think that's why the story is told that way you do end up thinking is it is this is it fair and there's a sense in which grace how fair is it do you know what I mean Hmm. what do you what do you yeah I, I think in a way that that's what we're made to think isn't it we're we're pushed into this question about what we receive is it a measure of what we've done i think that that's what jesus is driving at as you brought out and but that can be really hard we make our faith yeah absolutely but we make our faith so often something that um or our our hope of salvation or our eternal life hope, we base it on the idea that we've done enough to receive it. We make it about the things that we've done. Um, yeah. And it's really hard not to do that, though, isn't it? Yeah. That's, is that just like, that feels even, so I'm a pastor and it feels like that's every day I need to at least, because it feels like part of your human nature to think, well, I've got to do something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think yeah. it's the it's the the turnaround though, isn't it? It's what I think what Jesus is driving at is contrary to the idea of be the vineyard being a place where you earn your right. Uh, it's it's driving into the idea that it's a privilege to be in that place because yeah. the rewards of being in that place are the same for everyone. That's an amazing. That's a kind of scandalous idea, isn't it? it is. Yeah, yeah. That that you know some of us 
scrape by in our faith, mess up, are inattentive and yet receive unbelievable grace. It, it is, and it does. So I, again, I went, I, I see it through the eyes a little bit of the guy who's had the long hard day, and I think a loads of people who would who've like been Christians for a, you know a whack of time or or have a certain view, you know, who wrestle or wrestle with this, and it's it's gonna it makes it. I mean, it's. I think one of the things that Jesus is saying is this is part of the journey of of faith is this unconditionality. I think it's because it's maybe so different than the conditional world that we grow up in. It's like a constant, constant struggle, constant, constant wrestling match to go. Yeah, I am called to live a certain way, but at the same time, nothing I could do in living that certain way is going to get me into this, mm. into this vineyard. I could, and it's and it's becoming. It's. I, I wonder if part of like a journey towards maturity is getting comfortable with eleventh hour, you know, eleventh hour stories where you're able to to sort of be so we're able to get that it's generous and that really hit me that word generous i was like oh man all the way through i'm looking at justice 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 and you realize actually that i think it's i think the story is about that but it, it tips and it makes you go well, actually this is this is favorable towards you i'm being favorable and that changes when you if you can live out like that it changes everything doesn't it it, it hmm. if, becomes hmm. a bit of an energy source for you and all the rest of i it. think um I'm going to, I'm trying to remember where he was bishop of. I think it was Smyrna, um, Bishop Polycarp, uh, in the, during the time when Christians were being persecuted by the Roman Empire. And it came to the point where he was being executed as an old man. I think he was in his eighties. And I think he captures the idea of the laborer in the vineyard when he was he's he's challenged to renounce his faith and live and I'm, I'm paraphrasing but it's something along the lines of um i've served christ all of my life and he has done me no wrong why would yeah. i deny him now yeah, yeah and i think the more very often the more that we go on in in our faith the more that we realize that yes we're workers in a vineyard and there's demands and there's pressures um, but there isn't a better place to be there isn't a better place to be whether we're there for all of our life pretty much or whether we're there for just a short time the rewards are the same but actually the privilege of being in that vineyard compared to the same pressures ex- exist out elsewhere that's the point the demands of life exist everywhere else we just were working through them from a different perspective and why would you be anywhere else which i think is just you brought that out the end the 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 privilege and the joy i think and i think the reality of at least my faith is that lots of the time i'm i'm living in I think the parable speaks real truth. I think lots of the time I can really, the story of the eleventh hour salvation that I've got, mm. I'm conscious. That, I'm conscious that I'm both those characters. Do you know what I mean? I'm conscious. Mm. Some and sometimes I'm like the grace is. Oh, this is a you know it is amazing. And then other times I've so I've done a. 
I've done a few Christianity Explored courses when I was a kid, way, way back. And the idea of grace, so, I mean, somebody asked me once, just came right with it. So you're telling me, uh, so Hitler, you know, could become a Christian. The the idea of that level of grace is a real, it's, it's tricky. It's tricky for people, you know, to accept. It's tricky, I think, as Christians, sometimes because we've, because of our human nature, we've lived a long time doing it. But it's also really tricky for somebody who's, who's not, you know, who's, who's thinking about faith, who's trying to wrestle with it. And it can be too much, I think, for people. You know, it can be too... I don't know if I got that across right, but that's what I was trying to explain. I think this the idea of grace. Mm. Um, like, we need, to pr- we need to pray that God will... You know, the prayer that we did from Ephesians, that we will ask for revelation to know him better because I think... Because because it's it's lofty the idea of grace it's really simple at the same time it's going to always challenge it's going to always challenge us we're all we're gonna we live conditionally Mm. and it's going to always stretch us really quick paul have you got a because i'm i've waffled on have you got a favorite parable or a parable that has of of the ones that we've done or of the ones that we've done or or generally of the parables um any 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 parable i i just i can i just love the parable of the two sons the one that's often called the parable of the prodigal son i just think that there's so many layers of that so much to think through i think it is just breathtakingly amazing i think i lived most of my i i read that and i just nearly all i don't know if it's i don't know who taught me it? But I just I've seen that through the eyes of the guy that the the son that runs away for, mm. for years and years and not thought about the other the other guy. I don't know if we've changed the because it is called the parable of the lost son, isn't it? In some in some translations, and then mm. I don't know if we've changed it to the parable of the two sons because there are lessons at both ends of that. Yeah, yeah, the lessons. I, are I really think for me, out. it's the father, it's the father's actions that are just. I mean that's that's a scandalous grace, isn't it? That's outrageous. That that is absolutely in line with this parable, yes. uh, in the sense that the son receives the same as the brother who's worked there all the time. It's just incredible. What what about yourself? What 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 parable has touched you? Um, the, this this was a. I mean, I, I, don't, I probably would say I don't know if it's just because. Um, all, all of the lost, I think all of the, is it Luke 15 or 16? I think the lost, are the lost parables. I think sort of the accumulation of those, I don't know if Jesus told them together or if Luke just sticks them together, but I think if I, from memory, there's the lost sheep that Jesus, you know, it's one in a hundred or something like that. And then there's, I can't remember the next one. And then it's the parable of the lost son. And I think when you, you sort of read through it all and you're thinking one way and it's almost like right at the end, um, which what Jesus does, he flips it on you, and he talks mm-hmm. about, he talks. So you're thinking, although you you know that it's perfectly legitimate, the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin. That's it. I think it's the lost coin, you know, and the importance of of looking out there, and that's the story. But at the same time, because it's Jesus, he can he speaks, he takes you down that whole road, and I, I think the start of Luke 15 talks about people listening in and grumbling at what Jesus was saying. You know, they're overhearing him, that sort of image, and. He, he sort of tells them a story that they're going to go, you know, along with it so far, and then flips it right back mm. Mm. at everyone. And I think that is, you know, that is in a sense what 
why the Bible is a great book, why Jesus' teachings are so different, is it because yeah. you know he, he flips it, he flips it on us, and he causes. I think one of that another one of the things the parable does is it causes us to look at ourselves in the picture of justice, which I think. I've, I've waffled on again, but that's against all of our human nature. It feels to me so much mm-hmm. that we, when we see an unjust act, we blame somebody. We want somebody to get sent to prison or whatever, which is right. That's, that's right. But then we never go further and go, well, some of the hallmarks of this stuff is, you know, I'm messed up with it as well. And mm-hmm. I think only Jesus causes us, only Jesus brings change to that because he causes yeah. It causes us to look back at ourselves mm. in the story mm. of the cross. Mm. Paul, would you um, just close this um, yeah, of course. series of parables with a prayer? Thanks. Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the incredible grace that we see uh, in the life of Jesus. We've been reminded this afternoon how um, ultimately the, the most outrageous scandal uh, was that the just, righteous, uh, sinless saviour of the world was crucified on a cross. He bore um, the wrath of the people. But more than that, Father, we thank you that he bore the wrath of a father who was pleased to crush him. And we thank you that you were pleased to crush him because you had a greater purpose in sight, which was the salvation of your people and the assurance of hope through the resurrection and ascension of your son. And we pray that as we've been thinking through these parables over these past weeks, that the power of the glory of Jesus would speak to our hearts, maybe for the first time, Uh, but maybe for many more deeply and more richly than we've ever experienced before. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.